0: Hey there, beautiful people! Welcome to the Fantide podcast for all those complex and complicado conversations about the gray areas in our lives. Is I am Travell Anderson
1: and I am Jarrett Hill. Welcome back to the Fantide. I feel like it's been a long time since we've had like a traditional episode, um, like digging into conversations around the world. Obviously, we've had a lot of conversation around the swim episode last week, and coming up on the show this week, we're getting into the hot topics. A lot of the different things that we missed while we were away that we would have ordinarily had an A segment on or plugged into a fan tie, we're going to be getting into uh, this week. But first, we wanted to get into our brand new book that is about two weeks away from coming out uh, called Historically Black Phrases and wanting to jump into one of the conversations that we have in the book to give y'all a little bit of a preview of what we're doing in the book. And so let's kind of jump into that. Travelle, we're talking about the an essay that we have that is about the influence of the black church on us and our culture and how that has you know really kind of permeated the world. Mm-hmm. We have an essay called Let the Church Say Amen. And we should say like we're gonna read a bit of an excerpt from this this was a a hard chapter for us to to write like it was something that we kind of went back and forth on um about how we wanted to incorporate it how do you uh as we get into this uh, this essay how do you remember this coming i think we were in las vegas like writing like the last draft of this before it came out um and trying before we had to turn it in um wanting to talk about how church and faith have kind of impacted black language and then largely uh, more broadly popular culture thoughts on this before I jump into the essay
0: well I was gonna say I don't I did not I don't think I remembered it that same way I, I I, you started saying that and I started flipping through the book like what essay is he talking about I said let me read this thing real quick like
1: I mean it was a year ago I, I remember being in my hotel room and us being on computers writing in Las Vegas um, because this essay was the last essay that we turned in
0: so we eat perhaps you know a little A little peek behind the curtain. Um, So we split up the essays in the book. There are about what seven or eight essays in six essays in the book, and each essay kind of takes on right a different aspect of this black language conversation. And you and I, like you just said, wanted to highlight, right, the role of the black church. Um, And I remember us, you know, you took, uh, I think you took this one and you made like the first pass at the edit. And so the final product is like a combination of your writing and my writing. Um, and I think the the pairing together, because for me, there were certain things that I, I wanted to talk about in terms of how I see that relationship manifest. And I think you had some other things. And so this is like a good example of like, the blending of how both of us come to this conversation topic of you know the influence of the black church especially on and and we should say the black church and when we say that we mean it you know in a broader you know spiritual sense you know largely talking about the christian church right but like spirituality shows up in so many different ways for us as, you know, nigg-nogs and whatnot. And so, you know, I think all of that is captured in here. But you wanted to read a piece for the people?
1: Well, it starts, I'll I'll read the beginning of it. It says black culture and the black church are inextricably linked, like melting ice cubes, distinguishing one's influence on broader pop culture from the others is almost impossible. The first person think in award show acceptance speeches, especially by black folks, is God. Crosses and Jesus pendants hang around the necks of celebrities and everyday folk, often encrusted in diamonds or the diamonds, more economical cousin, the cubic zirconia. From the ways we celebrate and get on one accord, let the church say amen to how we mourn or complain. Trouble don't last always. Um, another reference that's actually in the book. It says the Black American experience, while never a monolith, is one peppered with religion or, at the very least, spirituality. In doing like research for this book, I remember like looking up, finding data that talks about. I believe it's like 95% of Black folks say that they believe in God or a higher power. Whether or not they go to church is a different conversation. But in this essay, we we kind of unpack that a little bit. And talk with an expert and I think a, a linguist that talks about like even if you weren't in church how church has an influence in your life because of the people that might have raised you or the people the places that you you grew up in and, and the different things like that
0: I would just like to say that was not a great advertisement for the audiobook that we also recorded um it's had we we read it for the audiobook with a lot more spirit a lot more energy you' know <laughs> Did I not give you? Listen,
1: it's early in the morning. We we are both coming off of a Beyonce weekend. Listen, it's early in the morning after a three day weekend with Beyonce, and both of us came in into the 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 session this morning. Like, hey girl, how you doing? Mm-hmm. I was here early. I'm I'm ready because I'm a
0: professional. I zoomed in right in time, on time. Whew. And you did. But I what I was going to say is that you know one of the things that that you just mentioned Dr Ann H Charity Hudley is the the main linguist that we interview um for the book and she talks about how you know everybody knows you know um, um God is good all the time, all the time. God is good, you know, just because of how, you know, that has seeped through our culture beyond the church house. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's something that we really wanted to reflect there. So, you know, that is, you know, a, a quick sneak peek. Okay, for those of the Fentai fam who are here, I think we'll also post this on the social medias. Okay, historically black phrase from I ain't one of your little friends to who all gonna be there. Okay, it's a fabulous dictionary of these phrases we've all heard and loved and learned throughout our journey. It is our opportunity to kind of, you know, put some respect on our tongue. Amen? and amen historicalblackphrases.com available for pre-order right now it comes out september 19th
1: okay just quickly before we move on i think my favorite two in the book are from my family um casket sharp is one of the one of my favorite phrases my grandfather used to always reference people as being casket sharp if they looked good if they had on like a great outfit and then my grandma my aunt is actually one of the people who her phrase is like what part of what started this book is the devil is a liar or the devil is a lie and the example that we use in the book is actually my aunt and like it's it, every time i see that one or casket sharp i'm like oh this it, it reminds me of literally specific people in my family that i have like deep connection with those phrases so
0: you saw sentimento I love that.
1: Um, Again, historicallyblackphrases.com for checking out the book. When we come back. (laughs) Love that for you too. (laughs) We're going to take a break. When we come back, why we're so exhausted after a Beyonce weekend and digging into the hot topics of the last few weeks while we've been away. Don't go anywhere. More fan ties coming up. I'm Jesse Thorne. Bullseye is celebrating 50 years of hip hop by bringing you an entire month of brand new interviews with rappers. That means Jeezy.
0: I put my pain in the music. Angie Stone. You know, hip hops. We called them hops back then. Master P. Music is what's going to open the doors for us, but whatever we come up with after this, it's going to be bigger.
1: Plus, Chica, Saba, even the greatest of them all, Rakim. That's this September. Open up that podcast app. Type in Bullseye and hit subscribe. You're not going to want to miss any of this. Welcome back to Fantai. We are digging into the hot topics and the things that we were doing while we were away. Uh, Travelle and I were away for about a month um, preparing for coming back. Uh, Also learning to swim, giving the producers time to put together the film that they put out for y'all last week. um, That got a lot of great feedback. I I saw Swish put into our Slack channel um, one of the pieces of commentary that we got back from folks. Um, that we saw from Nidra eighty eight on uh, Instagram said, "I'm a big fan of this show and I listen to a lot of podcasts, but I think this is the best episode of a podcast I've ever heard. The drama and the knowledge, the content. I mean, even breaking down the swimmers' instructor, the swim instructors' ad libs. This is a top quality content. So if y'all haven't checked out the last episode um, of of the swim extravaganza um, <laughs> and learning how to swim, that has been really fantastic. travel have you swam again since we did all this? Not since last week,
0: but I got a few more." on the uh on the agenda to come before the summer more lessons yes more lessons before the summer um goes bye-bye so you know i'll be you know getting my ariel on shortly i mean you lucky you lucky i can't sing because i was going you know slide into one of them songs under the sea Mm. Mm.
1: and there my luck just ran out apparently so uh (laughs) okay so while we were away a lot of different things happened in the world i think the lizzo lawsuit like happened in the first couple of what what
0: can i interrupt you real quick like before we get to the lizzo just because we we just did the historically black phrases moment One of the things that I would like to start with for this recap of stuff that happened over the break that I think is tethered to our discussion about historically black phrases, how black folks do what we do, right, is the whole Jamie Foxx, you know, anti-Semitism brouhaha and how, you know, he said something that many black folks have heard said in regards to, you know, fake friends in our community, right, that apparently I now know, we all now know that that exact same, you know, phrase means something very different outside of the cookout. And I just think that that goes to show the many different ways that how we talk as black folks, right, especially is unique in its own way and it has its own systems and structures and mores that could be right in direct opposition to to other cultures communities and 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 their you know linguistic practices.
1: Yeah, I number one, I know that someone shouted out you nick when you said that. I saw this <laughs> this Jamie Foxx <laughs> moment happening and I just one I was really irritated with Jennifer Aniston and felt like. What did you say her name was? Jennifer Aniston.
0: Oh, it sounded like you said Anderson.
1: That would be you, <laughs> Rayvel Um No, Jennifer Aniston. I was I was irritated with Jennifer Aniston in this moment because like her response to it is what made it such a big thing, right? And like the way that people i feel like really kind of blew the story up but like i thought it was a great example of like this is something that black folks say that means this thing and y'all hear black folks saying this and you receive it as something that it's not Um, for those of you that don't know, Jamie Foxx said, you know, reference, like they killed Jesus in a text, in a, in a tweet or in a post. And like people responded to that as it being anti-Semitic. And it was like, this doesn't have anything to do with Jewish people. Like this doesn't have anything to do with anti-Semitism. This doesn't have anything to do with any of that. And like you heard it that way and like received it and you know, were offended by it in that way. But like that was about you and it wasn't about Jamie Foxx, right? And, like, Jennifer Aniston then following up with a tweet saying, like, I didn't mean any anti-Semitism by reposting this and Jamie Foxx having to come out and make a statement about it. It was frustrating to me, to be quite honest, to see, like, this white woman essentially like make this black man have to correct his own language of using language in, in and fra- a phrase that we often use. Well. It was frustrating to me, and I know that other people have started responding to her saying that. But it was like that was never what this was intended to be, and that that frustrated me.
0: Well, I do I do want to be clear, Jennifer Aniston responded the way she responded because there was already a dust stuck
1: well yeah right
0: like and so and i just want to be clear that you know people were talking about it and outraged and all of that other stuff before she you know perhaps added more to the headline fod- fodder of it all but you know it, it 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 this is this is a side effect of our cross-cultural uh, exchange uh, experiment that we are learn- li- living through—we are living through a case study. Okay, that is one of the things I recently realized. Oh my god, we are living through a modern. We are, we are, we are the visual. <laughs> we are the visual. Okay. <laughs> well
1: played. Well played.
0: Because guess what? In five to ten to fifteen years. If not further, they're gonna be reviewing this moment <laughs> in time. My God. And my God today. Ooh, will it be horrible? <laughs> Ooh, they'll they will look we will look back on this time and say, oh my, how I got over. Because oh Lord.
1: Listen. Okay, I'm done. Let's keep going. (laughs) No, that was definitely uh, one of those moments where I was like, oh, this is actually a very historically black phrases adjacent kind of moment. Um, I was saying that the Lizzo story broke, uh, I think, right after we left for break. There was like this lawsuit breaking, Mm. um, accusing Lizzo of some pretty heinous things um i think the story that really kind of permeated culture the most was about like fat phobia and all this other stuff but like and like fat phobic language or like body image stuff and positivity but it was really a lot more serious things that were in that that charge uh that was alarming but also like we've seen now lizzo has countersued um the lizzo story was an interesting one to see happen
0: yeah so Three of Lizzo's former dancers accused her of sexual harassment and creating a hostile work environment. They also alleged that she pressured one of them to touch a nude performer at an Amsterdam club um, and subjected the group to an excruciating audition. Quote unquote," After leveling false accusation that they were drinking on the job, the dancers accused Lizzo of calling attention to one dancer's weight gain and later berating, then firing that dancer after she recorded a meeting because of a health condition. The suit filed in Los Angeles Superior Court also accuses the captain of Lizzo's dance team of proselytizing to other performers and deriding those who had premarital sex while sharing lewd sexual fantasies, stimulating oral sex, and publicly discussing the virginity of one of the plaintiffs. So... That is a quick little write-up from um, NBC News, FYI.
1: So what was interesting to me about this was, like, none of the stuff that they said she had done, or, like, none of the things I was hearing, like, them talking about, like, did I just, like, think sounded completely outrageous as, as impossible, like... Lizzo has always had a pretty sexualized like image. She has a lot of like sexualization of things on stage. And so like the idea of that wasn't hard for me to believe it was something that I remember thinking like, Oh, I know that certain people will have the same experience and and well be in the same moment and have different experiences of it right and like that was one of the things that was kind of kicking through my mind mm-hmm. and wondering like what what would come out of this case right as we hear more and more details as as this you know seemingly kind of moves through the process my my feelings about this were were kind of all over the place with lizzo
0: i mean i i, I think that As folks other folks have said right some of the behavior that is lodged in here is you know the the behavior that is often accepted in the industry right and it it many people chalk it up to just being part of the gang right you have meetings at strip clubs you you know you
1: you meet in hotel rooms
0: if you are in dan- in hotel well yeah well I, I wouldn't go in that far but a lot of people chalk that up to the game as like that's just how this industry works and that's just what happens but you know it's also not great that you know folks are feeling like somehow that that they're not able to opt in or opt out of that type of stuff, and it seems and and these people are saying that they received like you know blowback or retaliation, right, for you know shirking uh, uh, some of those types of things that that have come to be accepted. This is it's really wild to also just like look at this from a broader like quote unquote cancel culture, uh, quote unquote crisis PR management perspective because like you know Lizzo disappeared for a little minute while that's this story was out and she's slowly re-emerging you know um as uh, particularly on social media and and it'll be interesting to see particularly the allegations around you know uh w- which you mentioned which is a lot of the headlines focused on the allegations of fat phobia which in Focusing on said allegations of fat phobia, they were being fat phobic, but because there there are other things right in that the that the suit alleges there and the 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 initial uh, I think three dancers they did an interview on TMZ, so you do with that what you will. But um, you do with that what you will. (laughs) You do with that what you will, but there have also been other dancers who while they are not part of this suit have you know confirmed or affirmed some of these you know statements and and allegations um and the overall sentiment that this suit puts forth and so you know we'll see what this means for her if it means anything you know
1: yeah I, I, I'm not sure. I, I I feel like Lizzo will probably end up being fined after this, but go ahead.
0: I'm sure she will be fine. I hope that she learns from this that, you know, as I forget who said this in, in our community who first said this to me, but like a lot of the issues that went down here appear to be behavior that is typically acceptable at the second location of the night or the third location of the night right not oh no not we went to dinner right cuz this isn't behavior like at 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 dinner right this is after hours behavior right uh the 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 more the more lewd stuff you know and so it's like maybe we 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 can go to dinner as a team and build that community but when y'all go to the after hours spot i'm going home because I'm the boss,
1: and I'm the CEO. Or as she has on her Instagram, the CEO. Well, hold on now. I am, uh, uh, for anyone who's like a vintage Oprah watcher, like when you said second location, it kind of, brought that back like if Michael Brewer who is one of the the friends of the show and friends uh one of your Morehouse siblings if I were to call Michael Brewer right now and ask like what is the one lesson we learned from the Oprah show it is from that white man telling us never allow them to take you to the second location (laughs) if you get kidnapped like if they take you to the second location you're in their control that just flooded all that back for me okay the Lizzo story broke right as we went away um the other story that broke right as we went away was the situation in Montgomery? While we were in Alabama in Birmingham, the Montgomery brawl—I don't know what you're calling it—but like the the day that a folding chair became uh, became really like a piece of <laughs> national iconography um, happened, and we were in in Birmingham at our NABJ an conference and kind of like starting to see this happen on social media. I thoroughly enjoyed everything about this story. I also thought it was interesting how it became such a saga Mm. over the course of the next couple of weeks, hearing from the different people, seeing the different angles of the video, learning the details of the story, um, and then really rooting for the black folks even more after Mm -hmm. hearing about the white folks who were not allowing the boat to come into into the dock, learning that 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 port, that that uh, waterway was a port where... Enslaved people were being brought to be sold. It was a very interesting story to see it unfold as as it did.
0: Yeah, it was it was it was really interesting. I mean, I particularly enjoyed the social media chatter, the the Twitter chatter. I will X X X chatter. Is that? Is that are we are we gonna call it X? Is that a thing now? I don't. I don't.
1: I'm not calling it X.
0: On my other show, we we have to say at formerly known as Twitter, which is ugh. But you know, new, quote unquote news. Um, anyway, I was gonna say I, we're not a news show, so we're right. So we the, will be
1: calling it the Twitter.
0: The Twitter. <laughs> Uh, (laughs) but just like seeing the memes and whatnot I mean that that was the wonderful part I'm glad I think the latest update is that like you know the all of the white people involved were were charged um with their you know horrible behavior um and whatnot and I think I think the majority of the black folks who were involved were you know not not charged now That man who hit that person with the chair. Now I know we are. We I know we are. (laughs) I know they have. They have digitally. They have digitally altered the Martin Luther King Memorial in D.C. so that he is holding that white folding chair. And people have, you know, sold out Amazon shops, buying their own foldable white chair, going to Walmart, and practicing their swings with white chairs. But baby, I'm just saying. That while we might love it on the culture side, it might not end up too well for him for knocking that person <laughs> with the chair. The, the chair feels like an escalation. I'm just to <laughs> Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean... The social media will <laughs> will make you an icon, but federal prison or a state prison might be a part of his future as well. So there's Ooh, that,
0: or at least community service, something.
1: Well, listen, Ooh. okay, I will say that it was it was one of the things that made me really appreciate Twitter, even though like it's kind of on the dying on the vine now. Mm-hmm. Like, are you using Twitter still? I mean, I'm on there like regularly. I mean, I'm on there. I, I don't
0: I don't use much social media regularly anymore. I feel like. Unless it's work related,
1: yeah. I the Twitter piece of it has been interesting to me because like I find myself using Twitter less and less, and I miss it. Like the Twitter has been a lot of fun for me over the years, and Twitter changed my life in a lot of ways. Um, but also like it just it doesn't feel the same anymore. But it was a moment of like oh I'm so excited that Twitter is something that still exists. I also appreciated the push notifications from spill, even though I haven't been using the app, so I can't speak to that. Speaking of federal and state prisons, I think we had another two indictments of Donald Trump while we were away, which thoroughly entertaining i don't want to dig too deep into that but like i was definitely glued to the breaking news coverage of it of the atlanta indictment uh indictment and uh, you know his arrest and all that kind of stuff i i feel like you have been covering that story quite a bit over on on the wad i have to ad nauseum at this point <laughs> but yeah tell us how you feel about donald trump i have i, I hate
0: know. it i hate it <laughs> I hate it, I hate it, I hate it, I hate it. And I said this on that show, so I don't mind repeating it here. I hate having to talk about him every single god nabbit day. I hate it. But this is quote-unquote unprecedented times okay this has never happened before
1: child we've been in unprecedented times
0: and so we have to cover it like with the fine tooth no fine tooth nail comb fine
1: tooth comb anyway you almost said fine tooth gnome and then you said nail comb we'll leave that alone anyway (laughs) I love this for you. You having to do all the political coverage nowadays, as opposed to when we met, when that was my job and my day to day.
0: I mean, you still was you still was glued to the breaking news. You watch MSNBC or CNN?
1: MSNBC, like, come on. Um, This Uh has been one of those moments where I'm really. He
0: said, "I'm a progressive bitch. Don't disrespect me." No, I
1: actually do watch CNN occasionally. (laughs) That really touched your spirit. Sorry, that just really tickled me. (laughs) So one of the things that I don't feel like I get to do while we're at work is like watch things that I want to watch as opposed to things I feel like I have to watch. And I feel like I spent the majority of break time watching a bunch of television, watching films, watching TV i don't know how you spent your time away oh well i know a little bit about it but like i binged i've been binging queen sugar getting caught up uh, at, on the last seasons that i missed uh, did you watch the red white and the royal blue on the amazon
0: no i did not watch those white people
1: i watched that and i was like oh this is a lot better than i expected it to be it was a really enjoyable movie
0: i heard it was good
1: it is. It's really good. Um, I, I enjoyed it. Queen Sugar, I think, is one of the best television shows ever created. And I think that I think what I love about that show the most is the way they depict black people loving each other. And like I think they do such a beautiful job of that on that show. I I just think anybody who hasn't watched Queen Sugar or hasn't finished it, like, get your life. Get into it. I'm also into like the sexy thriller and there were two shows that I've I've binged over the t- over the break as well. Fatal Seduction on Netflix. Now, I got to say this show I felt very fan-high about watching. Fatal Seduction is a South African drama that um gained a lot of popularity here in the States. I felt mixed about it because it is a South African drama that just got dropped into like the that has really gotten popular in America, and it feels like strike-related scabbery, if you will, because like it was not an American show. It's not SAG AFTRA or the or union writers, and like it felt like they kind of like pushed a show out that they could get away with. That's how it felt to me, but I also thoroughly enjoyed it, so I felt bad. Um,
0: what
1: what is all this face?
0: Okay. I, I don't I don't I don't I mean this show probably been done for a little minute.
1: Oh no, it was definitely done before, and it had already come out before it like really took off and had a lot of popularity here fatal Ah. yeah it was that's why it felt like that it was like oh i feel like
0: you just think they you think they're doing some algorithmic you know some algorithmic playing absolutely is what you're saying gotcha
1: gotcha absolutely yes because they're because people aren't able to promote things that are coming out but also it was really really fantastic and a, a amazing drama that you think you understand what's happening and you do not um thoroughly enjoyed that what did you do with your time away? Well, in terms of watching
0: stuff, I mean, you know, I'm always watching stuff. You, you the one who get overwhelmed with, you know, would be popping out, you know, and I, and, and, you know, so I, I watched Queen Sugar as it was on television, you know, as it was coming out every week. Yes. Um. Which so, but, but I agree. Queen Sugar is mm, chef's kiss. Not perfect. To be clear, but really well done. But yeah, so I've just been, you know, continuing. You know, Big Brother is is the big moment right now. I mean, I'm always episodes behind on Big Brother because my god today but
1: because they put out 20 a week like three
0: three a week and and I'm typically just like an episode or two behind but you know I'm not you know watching the live feeds or you know all of that um but shout out to the big brother family we know y'all out there oh and then in general what did I do I mean I just I did I mean I did a little rest but I was I was doing work on other stuff you know we 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 the life we live is a busy
1: one. You said I get overwhelmed with television while we're in season, and, like, I... I have decided that like when I'm guesting on other shows, like we're doing pop culture happy hour and stuff like that, like you usually end up having to watch like a series or a movie or go screen something or whatever. And like, that was something that I had, I had gone to go screen a film for a pop culture happy hour episode, but wasn't able to get uh, into the screening in time. Like the, there was like a parking situation, all kinds of different stuff. And I wasn't able to go. And I remember thinking like, I'm not doing this anymore. Like, Watching television and film, like all, s- feels like works for me so much nowadays that like I love to watch things when I don't have to talk about them. But like being able to watch Queen Sugar late, I don't. Nobody's asking me what I think about season five or six about Queen Sugar, and so I don't have to like go into the details of it. That's why I I, I tend to watch a lot of stuff when I'm on break. I've been trying to get myself to do yoga in the morning. Like I do, like a tw- fifteen minute, like twenty minute yoga thing in the morning. Um, I just want to shout out Ariana Elizabeth on YouTube. She is a black woman who has a YouTube a yoga studio that has been like doing a lot of really, really great work um, with yoga and Pilates on YouTube. So go check out Ariana Elizabeth. That's something else I've been doing. You mentioned getting rest, like a little bit of rest. But I know that you were in email. You were in meetings. You were working as well. I know I got a little bit of rest. Uh, in the midst of working.
0: Well, some, somebody got to keep the wheels
1: turning. That's why we have Palmyra and Laura and Anne. You you make it seem like it was just you here. <laughs> Shout out to uh, Palmyra and Anne and Laura for for all the uh, all of the holding down of things while we were away. Those are the main things that happened while away that I wanted to touch on. Did you have anything else before we go?
0: No, you know, and you know, our book comes out September nineteenth.
1: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> if y'all understood how much of the week is dedicated to getting ready for this book, you would understand. You 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 would get it. Listen, okay. We want to know what y'all miss, what we missed that happened while we were away that y'all want our feedback on. You can hit us up on the social media uh at hashtag FantiFam or using our Twitter, Instagram, or TikTok at FantiPodcast. Coming up, we've got some feedback from y'all on a few different things that have happened while we're away, and we'll be right back. Somewhere in an alternate universe where Hollywood is smarter. And the Emmy nominees for Outstanding Comedy Series are... Jet Pacula, Airport Marriott, Frepple, Dear America, We've Seen You Naked, and Allah in the Family. In our stupid universe... You can't see any of these shows, but you can listen to them on Dead Pilot Society, the podcast that brings you hilarious comedy pilots that the networks and streamers bought but never made. Journey to the alternate television universe of Dead Pilot Society on MaximumFun.org.
0: Welcome back, beautiful people. Okay, we are going to get into some listener feedback. We've got an email here um, that also ties into a a hot topic uh, since we've been gone. Since we've been gone.
1: That's not necessary. Remember you said you, did, you knew you couldn't sing? I can't
0: breathe all the first time. Remember? I'm no So we've got an email here. White
1: woman of color, Kelly Clarkson.
0: (laughs) But listen, okay, shout out. I was trying to see, I wanted to, over the summer, I wanted to go to her residency in um, Vegas because that's a sangin' white woman. Um, But I could not make it. Anyway, um, okay, we've got an email here from Sterling with the subject line, make it make sense. Y'all see this mess. All I will say is, Travell, you were right. Quote, stay your behind out of the pride feature. After listening to you mention it on the show, I read the interview Shuti Gatwa gave wanting to give the brother the benefit of the doubt after all he is the new he's the new and first black doctor who quick aside from me this is a response to the conversation that i had uh that we had actually about Shu um and uh, i think the episode was called is pride for not queer people mhm or something like that so this is in response in to to that story um and and a recent development in that story okay so sterling continues as i read it it disappointed me because it was clear he was dodging the point of the whole article while declaring the need for privacy in his personal life gay queer bi whatever if you're interesting and talented people want to know your story they want to see themselves in you you got the gig boo take up space Then again, as you mentioned, it could be agents and publicists driving these decisions to tease and delay obvious truths as a means to make publicity, but I don't get it. Pride is when you be you. I'm done, but I saw this, and I'm sure you have as well, but I had to say something. And Sterling attached a photo, a screenshot from The Advocate magazine that says sex education actor Shuti Gatwa comes out as queer. So Shuti is the cover star of, I believe it was L-U-K or something like that. Um, and in that story, he recounts a um, time being at Pride and seeing another, presume who he assumed to be queer, um, Rwandan. Rwandan. Rwandan?
1: I think it's Rwandan. Yeah.
0: Yes, Rwandan. Um, and how he was like, he thought he was the only queer Rwandan and he saw this other woman and like it, it was, you know, powerful for him to to see that. And so that in effect is, is the quote unquote coming out, right, that has, um, because he's put language, right, to his identity, which he was not interested in doing or did not do in the British Vogue piece that came out during Pride. Which is to to Sterling's letter. And so, you know, I had seen this information Sterling. And nevertheless, we persist.
1: You felt a lot about it, apparently. Um, I will just say to Sterling, the best way to make sure that your letter gets read is starting off with, all I will say is, Travel, you were right. Your letter's going to get read in the show. Travel's going to put it into the show.
0: Well, I look at the emails. If you wanted to look at the emails, you could put them in.
1: Well, I, I saw this email and I saw all I will say is, travel you were right. And I was like, oh. And you deleted it. Travel will put this into the... Oh, <laughs> I was like, oh, this is clearly some bullshit. You said fake news. <laughs> Absolutely. Fake news. Oh. Yeah. So, no. Uh, shout out to um, shooty for coming out, I guess. Um, good for him. I think oh, and also we had a, a we had a coming out from Wayne Brady, uh, while we were away. Yeah. Um, as pansexual, which uh listening to the read, they made reference to um some of the tweets that were coming out around it, and they were like, Wayne Brady being pansexual is the ultimate like yes and um being an improv person, and I was like, Oh, that's that's amazing. I love that uh, from for Wayne Brady. Very that. All right. It is now time for us to get into our dishonorable mentions. These are the stories or people that caught our attention this week that deserve a call out either for their good or for their stupid. Travelle, you want to get started?
0: Um, I just had two quick little notes. First of all, I want to give a shout out to um, Tennessee State University. They are the first historically black college or university to create a division one hockey program. So, you know, last week we had black people will swim. And this week we got black people will hockey. Okay,
1: now look at that. I knew you were gonna say will hockey. I knew that. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it.
0: Because what do you? What do you? What? Will? What else do you say? Black people will. I,
1: will play hockey. Well, ho- I. I just knew hockey as a verb was coming. That's well, just. I, I just felt that in my spirit. Yeah.
0: Historically black phrases available for pre order right now. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> oh, my God. And then. And then you mentioned this already, but, you know, we we have just um, crossed the burning sands of of the Renaissance. Um, And I I just I just want to say, wow, what what a time to be alive. You know, when I talked about earlier of us living through a case study, the reason why it's such an interesting case study. Because while we are having the unprecedented foolishness, right, that we are navigating sociopolitically, socioculturally, mm. the girls are eating. Mm. We are eating mm. socioculturally. You know what I mean? Like, even for the white girls, even the white girls are eating in this moment. Taylor Swift, right? Yes. Dude, I don't even like that girl. But I can say eating. Yeah. Okay? We are living at such a a paradoxally, diametrically complex and complicado-y <laughs> time.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Because while all of that is happening, Beyonce is out here just just showing what possibilities look like. Mm,
1: mm. Just
0: showing what, what greatness can be. And I I often think that like, you know, the experiences that we have witnessing Beyonce be Beyonce. Has to be what we have heard of, right? With you know, folks witnessing Michael moonwalk for the first time. Mm-hmm. Ah mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Folks witnessing Prince with his ass out on stage, wow, for the first time. Come on. I'm just like, ooh. I could go on and on and on. But baby, listen, if you can find your way to a renaissance concept before it's over. I know she's been recording it and it will be on DVD or streaming, you know, in due time. I get it.
1: We don't know that for sure.
0: Valid point. But to be in the room, to be, ooh, Mm. the great songwriter once said, in the room where it happens. Okay? Okay? (laughs) To be in the room. Mm. Transformative.
1: Indeed. You know? Indeed.
0: Transformative. That's all I got.
1: I want to say, I want to give a shout out and honorable mention to uh, my bestie who gifted me with a ticket to go, uh, Nicole Liggins, who's been here before. She was she came to town to go to the show, and we went. And after the show was over, I, I couldn't leave. Like, I found myself, like, just, like, kind of staring at the stage, needing to have a moment. Like, wow, that just happened. That show just happened. This moment just happened. We were all there. We all saw it. Um, the, the phone, the lock screen photo on my phone is now like of just the stage after the show was over. And like, I, I found myself trying to like, trying to leave, but being like, I know as soon as I turn around and walk away, I'm never going to see this again. This moment will be over. And I was like, I just wanted to live in it for a little bit longer. Cause like Beyonce is not going to give you an encore. Like once she comes off that stage, she's done. Right? I'm like...
0: Oh, absolutely.
1: Because also,
0: she's been there
1: for three hours. Oh, right. I gave you two hours and 40 minutes. I don't know what else you need. Right? She's like, I gave you this whole album. Right. And a bunch of hits. I gave you 18 looks. The microphone is on. The microphone is on. Now, I should say, because you went on which nights?
0: I went on the first night, and I went on her birthday.
1: Okay, so I went on night two there were three nights here in los angeles i was there on night two you were there night one and night three Mm -hmm. i want to say for the energy mute moment because beyonce is one of my honorable mentions here as well Mm -hmm. the mute moment in person it was very quiet there were a couple of banjis who were just like Mm -hmm. that shouted right including the man sitting directly in front of me but if you look on my instagram video i recorded it i would have
0: bopped him in his fucking head
1: we were, like, in the stadium seating, like, in the raised seating, mm-hmm. and I wanted to kick him down the aisles, but, like, the Lord is still <laughs> working on me. So I, I, I did not But he was like, if you watch my video, you hear everybody on mute, and it goes quiet, and then you hear, like, the, sw- the quiet swell, and you hear, yeah! And it's him. And I was like... Oh my god. Motherfucker. I was I was irritated, but I'm also like it's not that serious. It's just a concert. Um so shout out to Beyoncé. The Renaissance concert, the the tour has been incredible. I I look forward to whatever she's going to do with this archive of fashion that she has built just from this tour. I feel like it's going to be mm. in a museum somewhere, like for you to be able to see it all at some point. It is going to set up her grandchildren for wealth. It is an extraordinary collection. So shout out to Beyonce and just the amazingness of the renaissance, um, uh, the show. I also want to give a shout out to a couple of other folks. Um, our My friend Yolo Akili, who runs Beam, which is the Black Emotional and Mental um, Health Collective. Um, they have a new podcast called Black Healing Remixed. And um you can get it wherever you get your podcast, but it is all about mental health from the perspective of blackness and healing. And you can go check that out. Again, it is called Black Healing Remix. If you're into conversations around mental health and um the ways that we think about it and also how it can impact so much of our culture and our work, um please go check out Black Healing Remix. Um I wanna give a shout out to Victoria Monet for this new album. This was on oh
0: my mama,
1: on oh my hood, I stay fly. Oh, On My Mama. Is that in the book? It oh. is in the book. Um, you Hold can pull on. it up in the index. I think it's on blank because it wasn't just specifically for your mm-hmm. mama. It was for you can put it on anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but Victoria Monet, this new album, Jaguar 2, is fantastic. And, like, it has pulled me into, like, a lot of her other music. I feel like my favorite – are you Are going to show us? Go ahead. Pull it. Cl- put it closer to the camera.
0: Just For the people who are watching on the
1: YouTubes,
0: you know. I just showed the intrigue.
1: I've been thoroughly enjoying Victoria Monet. And also, um, right before we went away for a break, uh, Chica came out with an album called Samson, the album. Um, I know Chica has been a, a very controversial figure on the Black Twitters um, and in the world, but her new album, Samson, the album, is mm. fantastic.
0: I didn't even know she had a new album, and I like her.
1: Yeah, it came out at the end of July. It's, it is it is. Really, really fantastic work, and I'm really, really, um, really into it. I want to give a shout-out to Amber Abundance, who's been on this show before. Amber is a friend of mine, and she put together uh, an event um, uh, while the— You got a lot of shout-outs today. I do. I mean, we were gone for five weeks, um, or four weeks, or three weeks, or however long it's been. Um, but Amber put together a fantastic evening where she was uh, uh, playing music in the Salt Eaters book, um, bookstore here in Los Angeles, playing music from The Color Purple. And it was just a really beautiful experience to have um, with many black queer people um, talking about the queerness of The Color Purple and the music, but also about Quincy Jones. Um, and the the producing of this music I always forget that Quincy Jones as a composer I just always think of him as like a producer but like as you listen to Mm -hmm. um, the vinyls of The Color Purple you hear the orchestration you hear all of the beautiful music um, that he produced and and created and so I just want to give a shout out to Amber Abundance for um, that event All right, now it is time for Black History is happening every
0: day so for today's this week's black history is happening every day we're going to keep it on the swimming um tip of 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 last week um and tell you about textured waves textured waves is an all-black woman-led surf collective dedicated to promoting diversity and inclusion in surf lineups internationally founded in 2019 by friends and surf experts chelsea woody danielle black lions and martina duran the org aims to normalize black women not only surfing but creating a sisterhood amongst black women surfers along with partnering with sports brands and planning local events in the surfing community. Textured Waves hosts an annual retreat in Waikiki where dozens of black women from around the world join the founders for a day of immersive surf lessons and culture. What's so funny? You're
1: so gay. Am I? Like because you called it it Waikiki as opposed to Waikiki. You called it you really emphasize the key key.
0: Now, the listeners, the listeners can only hear my facial expression, whereas the YouTubers can see. We can feel it. My facial expression, but if somebody don't get Jared up out my face, <laughs> if you would like to learn more about Textured Waves, please check them out on Instagram for more information. Okay, at Textured Waves. Shout out to them and the work that they are doing before we get out of here again historically black phrases from i ain't one of your little friends to who all gonna be there okay available for pre-order right now we are doing a um a launch event in los angeles so if you're in the los angeles area stay tuned Um, It will be on September 19th here locally, but stay tuned to our socials so that you can get all the information about getting tickets to that if you would like to be there in person. Okay, you can also check out We See Each Other, A Black Trans Journey Through TV and Film available wherever you get wonderful books. Also on audiobook. Oh, there's an audiobook. There will be an audiobook for Historically Black Phrases as well, read by Jared and I. You guys know what I'm saying?
1: I think the audiobook is gonna be a lot more fun than I ever expected to be like as it was one of the most fun pro- parts of this process and I think that people are gonna enjoy it in a way that I I, I wasn't sure how an audiobook would work for a book like this um, but like sitting there and reading it and hearing it and doing that whole process was just incredibly cool and I think people are gonna really enjoy it. So uh, make sure you go check that out um, as we're plugging the various different things, I don't think we're gonna be doing anything in Waikiki. Um, but hopefully we'll have um, things happening in cities near you, so that you can um, join us. Hopefully, we're working on some different things to be able to to meet you all in person and do some book events. Again, I don't. I I just wanted another "why, Kiki" reference because um, that's hysterical to me.
0: We we noticed because that's that whole sentence thing had no purpose. <laughs> We noticed.
1: I don't know what you mean. I just wanted to make sure we represented that part of the listenership. If you are watching us on YouTube and you have not checked out the other seasons of the podcast, you can go do that wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, type in podcastcom and you can go check out all of the past episodes or you can check it out on whatever streaming platforms you listen to the audio. If you have a comment or suggestion about this week's show, we are at fanti Podcast on the Instagrams, on the Twitters, and on, on X, and on the TikTok. You can use the hashtag. Fantai fam to uh, to jump into the convo with us and you can email us to Fanti at MaximumFun.org
0: yes and again we told y'all last week about the our swimming journey if you would like to see the bonus content footage okay oh yes put together by the one and only Laura Swisher and Palmita Muniz and Anne-Marie Huber, okay? You got to join to become a, you gotta become a Maximum Fun member in order to get access to that, all right? That's at MaximumFun.org slash join where you can do that. As always, our music is brought to you by the one and only Corice, O R re wherever you get wonderful music. Our graphics are by Ashley Wynn and the folks over at Moon House Creative. Our editor is Anne-Marie Huber and our producer is Palmita Muniz. Oh, that was horrible.
1: Our singer producer is Laura Swisher. This is a production of Maximum Fun. Maximum Fun, a worker-owned network of artist-owned shows, supported directly by you. This is a cop. <laughs> <laughs>